Hi, and welcome to the State of Shakespeare. I'm Jim Elliott. And I'm Garrett Vandermeer. And today in the program, we have Angus Vale. Angus, how are you? I'm very good, sir. Thanks for Excellent. joining us today. Oh, thanks for having me. Now, where in the world are you? I actually live in Jersey City, and so we get to actually look across the Hudson River at New York City. So, you know, we can go and, and uh, see a lot of Shakespeare in New York City. Yeah, um, there's a lot. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it? I saw eight King Lears in, one, in I think, 14 months. Oh, my um, gosh. <laughs> did, did you lose a bet? <laughs> <laughs> Well, my wife said my wife said that um, if I took her to one more, I think she went to seven of them, and she said if I took them to one more, it would be uh, to be divorce uh. for cruel and unusual, cruel and unusual punishment, which I think any judge would agree with, right? I think mm-hmm. so. No doubt. <laughs> So Angus is great because Angus, I, I believe you you manage the rock band Kiss. Is that true? No, I look after I look after the business office for uh-huh. uh, for Kiss. Yeah, yeah. I started with looking after NXS in Australia and then um, moved to America. And yeah, started with Kiss in 1995. So I've been with them for 23 years. So I don't know what that says about my mental health, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I would say I would say you have to be pretty mentally healthy to be able to do this, right? Or not? <laughs> yeah, or not. Right. Yeah, uh, of interest to the state of Shakespeare is you've got a really cool project going on. Uh, well, I think so. It's being referred to as the Container Globe. Is that correct? It is. It's exactly what it is. It's really a um, it's a reimagining of you know the 1599, the original globe, um, Shakespeare's original globe, but built with. Uh, repurposed shipping containers as the sort of main building unit. So yeah, I mean it's it's going to be pretty much the same playing proportions um, and size. And obviously it's made out of steel and scaffolding, and um, rather than you know plaster and oak and thatch. Mm-hmm. But um, the idea is really that it's going to provide pretty much the same playing space, that same sort of intimate you know playing space atmosphere. You know the, the whole thing that makes the globe that globe environment special, and and because I can't afford to spend uh, you know forty million dollars on what it, that it would cost to build a wooden globe, uh, and also our globe is uh, you know, because it's made of shipping containers, we can pick it up and move it around. I was going to say it's so, portable. Yeah, I mean it's not it's not like a it's not like a circus tent which you, you know you can throw down and you know it's not a circus circus de soleil that you can move every week but it is movable you know i mean the one thing that containers are built for is to be moved on trucks and trains and boats and so we can you know use that sort of essential portability of the container units um and moving them around so the way i see it is that we can sort of put it down at a particular spot for maybe you know minimum probably about six months and you know hopefully if we we can have a few of these globes around and, you know, we can just provide more globes for the world, basically. For, for the globe. For the, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 really. You just pick up your theatre and take it wherever wherever Shakespeare's needed. And, and not just Shakespeare. I mean, you know, I do sort of see it because of my rock and roll background, I guess, you know, we see it as a, as a venue for, you know, we could have hip hop and dance and uh, anything, you know, death metal. <laughs> no, no, seriously. I mean, but, you know, because I, I want that to, that to be sort of somewhere that people can go, well, it's a cool venue. And then you go, well, actually, you know, it's, it's based on Shakespeare's original globe and come along to a, to a Shakespeare performance. And, you know, I think that too many people see Shakespeare as being the sort of elitist 
thing, and I don't think it is. You know, the idea is that we can have a standing ticket, it's cheaper than a movie ticket, and just say, look, you know, get a pass and come along and see some great Shakespeare. I love this idea, just the, the idea of, uh, of building a, a full-size replica of Shakespeare's globe out of Legos, but the Legos are repurposed shipping containers. And yeah, can... I've got the biggest. I've got I've got the biggest, biggest Lego blocks uh, in the business. Yeah, you do. <laughs> my my Lego's bigger. My Lego's bigger than yours. So, <laughs> so when when you describe it, it sounds really exciting and not half as crazy as it sounds on paper. Where did this idea come from? Well, actually, I. I had a, a container project called Art Block um, that I had in New Jersey and um, out at Far Rockaway in New York, and it was a, a mobile performance and art space. So it was basically two containers that we could configure in different ways that had Perspex windows and also opened out into a stage. And so we we moved it around and and had you know art installations in it, and we had some performances in it as well. I went to the Globe, you know, I love the Globe in London, and I was in, in one of the lower galleries, and I, and it was sort of, you know, when you look around the bays at the London Globe, I thought, oh, wow, this is sort of the headspace and the whole sort of thing about it. I thought, wow, I wonder if you could do this with containers. And then it turned out, and then and the other thing was that then when I learned that the London stage, the, I think the, the London Globe stage is about 43 foot wide. So I thought, well, that's a 40-foot container, you know, the bigger, one of the bigger ones. Mm-hmm. And, and then it turns out that if you get a row of, you know, the smaller 20-foot containers, you r- arrange them in a semicircle, and nine of them in a semicircle is pretty much exactly the same um, radius as the London Globe. So it just seems that, I don't know why, the dark gods of theatre have <laughs> ordained it that um, containers, you know, we don't even have to cut them up and, and mess around with them. We can just arrange them in that 40-foot container and the row of nine 20-foots. And it turns out to be the great, that classic globe dimensions. So It's like a golden ratio. Kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll post, we'll post this picture on, on our website. You sent us a picture of a prototype, which is set up, where is it, in Detroit? It's in Highland Park, Detroit, which technically is its own little city within Detroit. But So we're doing it there because, you know, obviously Detroit's good at, at building metal things. And it's <laughs> sort of a, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. and, the, and, and the land, you know, and the yes. land's available. And, you know, there's a sort of support for it there. You know, in New York City, you know, it would be, you know, there's so many theatres and so many Shakespeare companies. But in Detroit, people are so excited about it that we're really getting a lot of support, local support. So in the process of bringing this crazy idea, crazy, <laughs> wonderful idea to life, there must, have, there must have been moments when you thought, well, um, it seemed like a good idea at the time, but now, but now this, uh, this unforeseen challenge is, is really making it seem uh, impossible, and maybe we shouldn't. Have there been any of those uh, moments? Garrett, he works, he works with Kiss. There's nothing like <laughs> Yes. But the difference is that Kiss can throw money at any problem, but I can't. <laughs> so, but there is a bit of that, actually. I mean, you know, we've had some interesting times with Kiss on the road. And, you know, one of the things is you can always, you can always fix stuff. And there's been, uh, to be honest, there's been lots and lots of times where I've just gone, why the hell did I even think of this damn thing? <laughs> and, you know, there have been problems and, you know, people are always saying, well, when is this going to be ready? And every time I sort of think of a timeline, then something goes wrong. Like we had a driver who drove one of the containers when he was delivering it into a bridge at 60 miles an hour and created a instant sculpture yeah <laughs> didn't kill it didn't kill anybody but um so not to not to press you on this but do you have a finished date where you might be think you might be able to put in some plays 
Oh, I think so. I mean, what I'd love to do is, you know, we have enough containers for two levels now and we'll start work reasonably soon, you know, over the winter on the tiring house and the musician's gallery and the backstage containers. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll start slow and uh, see where it goes. And, you- yeah, you know, the other thing that's interesting to me is that when you do something like this, other people come with their own ideas. And the, and the London Globe have actually been very, very supportive. They've been involved right from the beginning actually when they started hatching the idea and presented it at a Shakespeare conference here and they've been really really supportive you know you know really interested at every step and, and provided advice and guidance and you know actually the, the the measurements of their globe to help me along so it's been great so oh, they're nice. they're seeing it as a potential venue for themselves as well and especially after they did their Hamlet you know globe to globe tour where they took Hamlet to you know 200 countries around the world they have a real sort of commando force of actors that are well-versed in playing anywhere, you know, from a parking lot to a, you know, refrigerator box. Right. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. As a performer, I wonder about how the sound quality would be with the, you know, the containers and the metal. Yeah. The interesting thing is, is that uh, we've gone to an acoustic engineering company called Arup, and they have a sound lab in New York. And one of the nice things about computer models is that they loaded the computer model into their acoustic software. And they can do, they can sort of know, well, so this is a metal surface. We know it's corrugated. We know that these are the openings and blah, blah, blah. And they can do these sort of ping tests where they can simulate human speech at from the stage and see the reflections, the first reflection, second reflection, third reflection, the reflections off the back of the stage. And the weird thing is, is that the containers are, you know, a metal surface, and that is a bright surface, reflective surface, but the corrugations also mean that they diffuse the sound. So it's actually quite a bright, but not too bright, we think, obviously, because, you know, we're going to have to see what it's like, the real thing. Right. But in the acoustic testings that were done in the computer, it doesn't look too bad. We're also thinking we can put curtains in the back of the containers to absorb some of the sound. And there's tons of um, surfaces that we can hang off the front of the containers or modify the sound. So right. there's a ton of different things you can do nowadays. It's actually kind of interesting. It's just such a cool idea. I mean, I just picture, you know, it used to be the traveling circus, like you mentioned, that comes to town. But I, I love the picture of, like, the container globe rolling into town and people coming and watching it get set up and then coming to see the shows as it as it goes on well that's that's going to be part of the drama i think that um one of the sort of evil plans to get kids along is that you know that's exactly that that there's that sort of the performance art of actually all those huge trucks turning up with the big cranes and you know building this big weird industrial sort of ufo coming (laughs) to a parking lot you know what i mean and so then you can say to the kids they're like oh what are they doing well we're doing othello oh or henry four you know and so the kids will turn up come along just to see what the hell we're doing. And hopefully their first experience of Shakespeare will be positive, not not dry, dusty academic exercise, but something where they just come to this crazy venue, they see really, really great Shakespeare, and they walk out and go, yeah, that was cool. You will have to make one line change in Shakespeare. You can't refer to the wooden O in the container globe. Iron, iron. Sounds a little bit fascist, fascist, doesn't it? (laughs) Yes. Either fascist or Game of Thrones. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, yeah, there you go. Well, Angus, as as we do with so many of our guests, we invite them to share their favorite Shakespearean snippet 
with us, and you have brought in a tasty treat for us. It's from one of everyone's favorite characters, right? Uh, what have you brought in for us today? Well, it, it's Falstaff's speech before the um, Battle of Shrewsbury and Henry IV, Part One. It's the great—I mean, I love the Fat Knight. He's fantastic, and it's the great bit where you know he parts from Hal and he says, you know, that that if he goes down in the battle, he, you know, if Hal could stand over him and defend him and Hal is saying well you know you you owe God a death and he goes well you know not now not today (laughs) Uh, (laughs) and he's got one of those great four staffian you know turns of wit and clarity and philosophy where and he just talks about the whole thing of the ridiculousness of everybody thundering off to to battle and asking you know what for and so it's this great speech about honor which I love because it's you know, it's it's one of the bits of Force stuff where he's not being super funny. You know, he's not entertaining a, uh, a room at the Boar's Head Tavern, you know, but he's just sitting there just questioning, asking a big question, really. Would you mind reading it for us? Sure. I mean, please bear in mind that I'm not an actor. This is, I'm building the theatre. I don't want to be in the theatre. <laughs> <laughs> well, here it is. This is, um, this is uh, Henry IV, Part 1, Act 5, Scene 1, Sir John Falstaff. What is honour? A word. What is in that word honour? What is that honour? Air. A trim reckoning. Who hath it? He that died a Wednesday? Doth he feel it? No. Doth he hear it? No. Tis insensible then. Yea, to the dead. But will it not live on with the living? No. Why? Detraction will not suffer it. Therefore, I'll none of it. Honour is a mere scutcheon, and so ends my catechism. (laughs) (laughs) Done badly, but... Oh, we We won't go into that. I love it. I want to hear your take on the line, detraction will not suffer it. Well, it's like, you know, it's really about that even if you earn the honour, then history will always be defined by somebody else. And, you know, history is uh, owned by the victors. And so even if you earn honour and you lose the battle, then what does it really matter? Because history can warp what actually happened. And so, and turn your triumph or turn your honour into, you know, they can lie about it. So it's it's not a, a thing that will live forever necessarily, you know. And, and other people can achieve honour. And four stuff does. You know, he claims to have killed Hotspur. So he sort of achieves honor without actually earning it. Right, so that's yes. the sort of flip. That's the that's the sort of flip side of it. So you know what what is it really? And I love it that he says it's a mere scutcheon, which is just really a, a thing that you can put on the side of a building or engrave into a gravestone. But what is it really? What does it matter? And then there's nothing permanent in the universe. So even if it's engraved on a gravestone, that gravestone will wear away, or somebody will erase it or history will be defined in, a, in another way. So, yeah, it's interesting. And for one brief moment until uh, time and the elements reduce it to rust and dust from which it came, there will be somewhere in the world, and maybe somewheres in the world, a beautiful transcendent container globe <laughs> for all the world to enjoy. That's I can't... more tangible than honor, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I certainly can't wait to be in the, in the audience, uh, hopefully at the premiere of, of the Container Globe. And I'm, I'm so 
excited about this project, and uh, I, and I know that our listeners will be too. Oh, thank you. What's really so exciting is it's such a it's such an interesting and fun idea, and it has the potential to to really excite people. But it doesn't feel it doesn't feel gimmicky at all. It feels uh, transcendent. Yeah. Well, you know, you know what's really interesting is that I had dinner with uh, Peter McCurdy a couple of months ago. You know, the guy that built the master builder that built the London Globe, mm-hmm. and um, he originally thought that the whole idea was just, you know, vile. Really? And, yeah, he did. Actually, it was. Well, he just thought it was just bloody awful, and um, <laughs> and. Um, <laughs> It was interesting. So I had dinner with him because his stepdaughter is actually a huge fan of it. Mm. So we sort of had this weird summit meeting in Oxford and um, a few beers. We had a beer summit. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind. That's kind. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we had a beer summit, and it turned, and he, you know, he was like, "Yeah, now I get it." Because I said, "Look, man, you know, I'm doing my globe because I love yours, and there's that um, prefab aspect where you know you put yours together with the tim with the oak." and fitted them all together. I'm doing mine with containers. And I said, you know, I have that, that back story of, you know, how Shakespeare broke down the, the, the timbers of the original theatre and that's right, um, yeah. and moved it across the, the Thames. In the same way, I can break mine down and move it, you know. So there's there's some sort of parallels. And, and he's actually become a bit of a supporter now. Ah, and and actually a great, yeah, yeah, and a great sort of resource because I can go, oh, you know, because I can, the people at the Globe have been great, man. I can ask them dumb questions and torture their production people. And <laughs> no, really. And they, we had a little exhibition of the, for the Container Globe in a gallery in New York a couple of years ago. And I said, oh, do you have any posters or anything that you can send me? Because I'd like to put them up to show the, you know, show that continuity line between the 1599, the 1613, the reconstructed globe and the container globe. And they said, yeah. And then when the package arrived, there was actually one of their balustrades, one of the wooden balustrades that they had. And they said, I just wanted to, for you to have a, a real piece of our globe at your globe exhibition. Oh, that's so fantastic. Isn't that, isn't that yeah, lovely? Great. And they said, just, yeah, yes, yeah, so, isn't it? And so, yeah. you know, I had a great meeting with Tamsin, their production manager, who was, you know, she took that Hamlet globe to globe, you know, and they were, where they, you know, they literally performed Hamlet and, you know, all those different countries and in really rough conditions. But now they are so damn good at doing that sort of, you know, commando Shakespeare um, yeah. that she was saying, because I said, look, you know, I'm still grubbing along. I've got, you know, enough containers for two levels. And she was like, come on. She's like, you know, the places where we did Hamlet was a parking lot, you know, a lot of the times or a beach or somewhere. She right. said, for you to have a, a globe environment, even if it's just two levels, even if it's just, you know, the stage doors and the musician's gallery, that's going to be exponentially better than and something that we're more familiar with. So she said our actors is familiar with both using the London Globe, you know, that gorgeous space, uh-huh. but also doing it down and dirty uh-huh. with their travelling. And she said, you know, we want to tour a lot more and bring the experience. And they're so friggin' good at using yeah. that, that, you know, at using that space. So they're like, yeah, do your whatever you can and we'll come in and kick it off. So that's great. Oh, that is great. I agree. I'm, I'm such a fan of the Globe Company. They, they're so brilliant i've i think i've seen four or five productions there i agree uh, they're they're marvelous and you're right the, the the way that they use the space is masterful and there's a there's such a great alchemy for the audience there's a thrill of being in the space which yeah which is authentic and yet uh, of course not a stick of it is original right but it has this 
has this magic surrounding it, nevertheless. Alchemy is a good way of putting it, I think. Alchemy yeah. is brilliant. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, did you see, um, and I loved it. I thought there was an interesting, even, you know, when Emma was running it for a while mm-hmm. and seeing her sort of crazy <laughs> summer, uh, you know, mm. did you see that? It was I, really interesting. I saw a couple of her productions. I, th- I, th- I saw, I think, the, was the Much Ado of 2017. That, that may have been her last production. Um, oh, I didn't see that one. I don't yeah. know. And I, but I saw a late night, like a midnight. What was it a Much Ado? I think that was a Much No, no, no. It was a Petruchia, t- Taming of the Shrew. Mm. Oh. Did you see that one? No. And then, of course, I saw a transcendent tempest there. Oh, Probably really? in 2013. I just thought it was marvelous. It was so great. And I've seen RSC productions maybe half a dozen times and, and kind of, you know, between you and me, been invariably disappointed with what they were putting on the stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I agree. Sometimes I think the RSC, they get a little bit clever, clever. Mm. Um, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, there's, there's some people that love their vanilla Shakespeare and... Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> No, no vanilla Shakespeare. Come on. <laughs> well, the, the production values of the RSC are always extraordinary. I mean, beautiful, beautiful to look at, but but you know, not not much there in terms of the anyway. I've, yeah, I've no, only, no, I agree. I'm with you. I'm with small you. set. I've only seen yeah. you know half dozen plays there, so maybe I've right. seen the the worst six in the last <laughs> decade and a half. No, I don't know. Knows? I'm I'm not really ever been a big fan. <laughs> oh no, they were the ones. I mean, I those they, the RSC were the one when they were at the Barbican in London when I was living in London in the 80s uh-huh. and saw all the, you know, Jeremy Irons and Richard II and Jonathan Price's Macbeth. Oh. It just, just was amazing. Yeah, that uh, was. And, you know, seeing those productions just blew my mind and that was the thing that sort of gave me the virus was seeing oh, yeah. those amazing, you know, so I sort of, they were the things that flipped the switch for me was seeing those RSC things at the Barbican and it just blew my mind. So, yeah. All right, so we'll lay off the RSC. We will, we will. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I'm with you. I mean, it's interesting, you know, because they tried to build their traveling, their traveling swan. You know, they actually had a, they had a, you know, they had, did you see that when they built it in the armory? No, uh, no, I did not see that, but that's what they were doing. Yeah, that's, it was a good attempt, but it's no container globe. (laughs) Well, it was a funny thing because, yeah, they, well, I I mean, I I was really interested to see it, but I saw saw all the sort of five plays that they did in the armory. Mm -hmm. And that was a $60 million damn traveling theater. And it was just incredible, but it was. And now that I think they've, it's rusting in a field somewhere in America because they couldn't afford it to bring it back. To bring it back, right? So right. I don't know. It's one of these things where they sort of quietly uh, mothballed it, right? So, and that's you know, trying to do the traveling theater is it's a hard, it's a hard thing to do because either do it in a you know a tent which mm-hmm. you know blows and is noisy and I mean I guess with the globe you know you get, you get rained on and you get sunburned, but you know. But uh, that's part of it. <laughs> I think it is. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's like going to a concert. I mean, you go to a concert out in the fields, you know, and same thing happens. Well, you get those sort of the accidents of nature. You get the rain. You know, you get a. You, sometimes you get a bloody tempest during a tempest. Right. Or... That'd be great. That'd be so exciting. <laughs> well, actually, there was a great Othello that I saw there, and the guy. I can't remember what the line was, but there was a big clap of thunder straight afterwards, and he just went ta da. <laughs> 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 Brilliant. You know, and sometimes you'll get the pigeon that struts across the stage and they go, you know, the time, and it'll be just perfect for the struts and frets' time upon the stage. And, stage. Then, and then they fly off and, you can, and then it's seen no more. Blah, right. blah, blah. Right. You know, so you get like, those sort of accidents that happen. 
Yeah. yeah. Well, we love that. Well, please keep in touch with us because we don't want the next time we, we hear from you to be reading a review in the New York Times about the premiere that we missed. So. <laughs> yes, please do. Yeah, no, that's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> cool. All right. Great talking to you, Angus. Thanks, gents. All right. Thanks, Cheers. Angus. Hey, thanks for having me. Okay. Oh, it's oh, delightful. Our pleasure. Our Talk. pleasure. Angus, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thanks so much, gentlemen, for having me, guys. I'm Garrett Vandermeer. And I'm Jim Elliott. And thank you for listening to The State of Shakespeare. Thanks for joining us for the State of Shakespeare podcast. We invite you to visit stateofshakespeare.com for more episodes, information about each of our guests, and the Shakespeare text you heard on the program, and much more. And we welcome you to join the discussion by liking us on Facebook. That's www.stateofshakespeare.com. Thanks for listening.